Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're going to discuss the fallout of the Cowboys' loss, Jalen Hurts' future, and preview the Week 4 matchup versus the Chiefs. Chris, how are you? Not too bad, man. It's recording this on a Friday. Looking forward to Sunday's game against the Chiefs. How are you doing? Well, uh, I'm tired, <laughs> if I'm going to be <laughs> honest with you. But, you know, it's always like a slog after a, a Monday night uh, road game. You know, you, you, you lose all this time um, and you still got to write and you still got to do kind of all your responsibilities. There's a lot going on. Isaac Sayamalu headed to IR, uh, Rodney McLeod returning. You know, LaShawn McCoy returning out of nowhere, or sorry, retiring out of nowhere. Like, there's a lot going on this week, right? So, we're kind of being dragged in all these different directions. Um, I know we didn't have a, pod, a post-game podcast this week. Uh, we did that kind of because the post-game pod coming like, the middle of a Tuesday. We were traveling a bunch. Also, it was, like, a terrifying loss. So, we figured... You know, we'd give you some time to kind of like zen out and then we would come back and bless your ears with some more content today on a Friday heading into the week four game against the Chiefs. It's going to be a really tough one for the Eagles and we'll get into that a little bit later. But for right now, let's kind of like break down what happened this past week, our thoughts on them. So Isaac Samalo goes on into reserve. The Eagles will not tell us if they plan to switch up the guard uh, group that they had at the end of the Dallas game, um, which was Nate Herbig at left guard and Landon Dickerson at right guard. Um, I put out on Tuesday that I thought that Jack Driscoll would make sense now that he's eligible to come off the injured reserve list uh, at one of those guard spots. Uh, Landon Dickerson, to me, seems like a natural left guard. But um, what's your take on the guard situation, and what do you think the Eagles – are going to have to do to compensate for the loss of not only Isaac Samalu, but Brennan Brooks the week before. Well, it's a good thing they kept 10 offensive linemen heading into the season because they, it looks like they're going to have to go through all these guys now at the rate they're being injured. I thought the Samalu, I think the Samalu injury is a lot bigger than what people are are saying because, I mean, look, Jordan Mailata credited Samalu with his development and, and, and getting used to the NFL game and Sayamalu was the one that helped him point stuff out when it came on film. And we heard that story that uh, offensive line coach Jeff Stoutland told us last week. And it's it's tough to continually have to replace veteran linemen who are helping, especially with a lot of these guys behind them are extremely young. And if Driscoll's the guy, I'm still, I still have my questions about him. I mean, when he's on the field, he's really good, but just like a lot of these other linemen, you have some injury concerns with them. And I think if anything more this week than last week, I think these the Eagles have to utilize just to get them settled in. They have to run the ball so they're not facing a constant barrage of pass rushes over and over again, trying to discern which person they have to pick up in that in the pass game and then possibly leading to other injuries or, or, or worse, you know, for with some of these skill positions. So the the Eagles the Eagles have are going to test their depth and they're going to basically test to see how well these young guys can be thrown in the fire early. 
Yeah, and look, I, I came into this thinking that they had a lot of really strong offensive line depth. They still do. Pretty much everybody on this team can play guard except for Jason Kelsey. Um, so if you're going to have injuries at one spot, guard is probably the easiest to replace. Obviously, Braden Brooks has played uh, two games in the last two years, so it's not like they're not accustomed to, to filling in for him at right guard. Nate Herbig's a natural right guard uh, and has played well there. Jack Driscoll's been cross-trained there this offseason. Obviously, we know Lynn Dickerson. They feel somewhat comfortable playing him there because he started last week. Uh, left guard can be played by pretty much anybody on the team. Um, so I don't think they're really at that big of a disadvantage. I mean, look, Isaac Samalo is playing very, very well. Uh, Brandon Brooks is obviously, when healthy, one of the top guards in the league. I'm not trying to diminish their uh, injury absences, but I think of the two spots on the line that the Eagles have really grown accustomed to replacing, it's those two guard spots because Sam Olive does have a large injury history as well. Um, Jordan Milata was ruled out uh, for this game as well. Andre Dillard played very, uh, very well for his reputation, I should say against Dallas. I thought, you know, he wasn't a problem at all. Um, I thought he blocked well, especially as a pass blocker. Um, he didn't really face a lot of power uh, rushers he, and, and bull rushing. It was mostly, you know, finesse blocking, uh, a lot of speed. He did have a penalty towards the end of the game and had one kind of blemish as a, as a blocker, but PFF graded him out well. I thought he did well on tape. What was your take on Andre Dillard against the Cowboys? Well, I think especially uh, given that he was thrown in there with basically one full practice and then the game itself, I thought he did all right. I mean, I, I did see Randy Gregory like he got in on the inside of his pads a little bit more, and when he did that, he started pushing him in. But overall, I think given the amount of times the Eagles passed, I thought he held up pretty decently. And I, 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 want, I really want to see what he does against the Chiefs this time because – I think now that he has a week now, there's tape on him now. And you know everybody's going to obviously adjust to what he did last week, and they're going to see if there's some other moves that they could potentially use. And I want to see if he can adjust to that as well. I mean, this is a perfect opportunity. This is the perfect opportunity for him to continue to show that, hey, you know what? He can be a, long, a left tackle, not here because my Alada signed the extension, but elsewhere somewhere in the league. And the Eagles are, are rooting for him hard for him because they're potentially looking to move him. But it's it, if Dillard, I, I just want to continue to see Dillard have the aggressiveness and play, have that aggressiveness, especially in the run game, and play well and, and set up and positionally be sound at the left tackle position. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he performed probably up to expectations of the Eagles, above expectations for the fan base and, and the media. Um, and you hope he can string another game together. I thought he played well against the Jets in the preseason. And, you know, Nick Sirianni brought that up today. Uh, he said that he was stacking starts, which uh, is a good look for him. Um, look, w the Cowboys game was kind of a disaster <laughs> on all fronts. But obviously the big discussions coming out of that week are, A, Nick Sirianni needs to be able to call more running plays for his running backs than three. Uh, RPOs are apparently counted as runs, which isn't necessarily <laughs> – I don't think that's unique in the league. I do think there are other teams that view it that way. But to hear it, the logic there, I understand why it's getting the negative feedback that it is. And then ultimately, J. 
Jalen Hurts played a poor game. I mean, he really did. Like, there's no way around it. He took responsibility for it. He knows he played poorly. Um, from a guy who's played the position, obviously, from a semi-pro level, not on the pro level, but uh, from a guy who understands the quarterback process, A, how much was this Jalen Hurts' fault in Dallas? B, how was he set up to fail, as a, or was he not, as it relates to the running game? And C, what do you need to see growth-wise from Nick Sirianni as a play caller coming out of the Cowboys game? I thought the one thing it just to me it like he came out too amped, and I don't know if it was if it had something to do with him going back home. I don't know if it it was something to do with him being the person who was breaking down the huddle for the first time. But it just seemed like even with the offense, uh, even with the defense starting the field, it just seemed like he came out and he was too amped and too energetic and didn't get into a nice rhythm and and, and set up from there. And if I think. Uh, and it snowballed from downhill. And then one thing I think if Nick Sirianni really wanted to help him out a little bit is something I want to see like a if they're going to throw if they want to throw the first couple of weeks, I don't think they should throw it as much as they did. They, obviously, I think they should settle down and use the run game a little bit more to set up some more of those play action passes. But the one thing I really want them to see is get them on more designed rollouts because the RPOs are nice, but after a while, teams are going to start to settle in on that, start bringing down some safeties, and because. Most of the time, you see like they're either like slants or or slants or quick outs, or what have you, on these routes, and teams are going to see that safety's come down. It's going to clog the box a little bit. I really want to see them use more to run game instead of play action pass going vertical, or just if they're going to stake with the short routes, roll them out to the wide side of the field, not running like I saw a couple times where there's not as much space for him to really run and take off if the routes are downfield if they're rolling them out. Get them to the wide side of the field to really put those defenses in the bind and continue to spread out the defenses. I, I there, there's little things, tweaks that this offense can do because you see opportunities there, and they're not just take, not taking advantage, of, especially with the, the way the defenses are setting up. And I mean, I wrote, wrote about it. we've talked about it beforehand. You know, in, in a box and everything, when it when it comes to motion, you want to see this team use a little bit more motion. I know Nick Sirianni says he doesn't want to do it just for the sake of doing it, but I think it helps him out with getting the reads a little bit more and seeing what defense he's going to see. Because if you see that, if you have a wide receiver slot guy going across the field and you notice the other uh, defenders going with him, nine times out of ten is at least some form of man de- man defense. And just doing that, to s- just doing that, just helps. It takes one little thing off his plate as well, too. So, and so I think he has to settle in a little bit more. I think he should basically give him the run to basically set a lot more of the offense up. Those are two things I would hope that Nick Sirianni do to help Hurts. And just Hurts just has to put the ball ball in good positions and anticipate where these guys are going to be open. Yeah, I agree. I think, look, it's easy to be like, look, Atlanta worked, and basically they won a pre-snap motion. They won on moving the ball around and moving Jalen around. Um, it's It'd be nice to just say that, just do that. Do what yeah. you did in Atlanta, where the players play. <laughs> you know? Um, which I, I do think the game plan, if you look at Kansas City's defense, look, Tyron Matthews, awesome. Uh, what is it, Anthony Hitchens? He's very good, number 53. You're going to have to watch out for him. Um, and then, look, I mean, they've got an okay defensive front. I mean, Frank Clark's very good. Uh, this is a good team. 
um, but they're not really stopping the run at all. And so you can run on them. And so I, you know, we, we talk about, we've talked about this a couple of times, but like from Atlanta to uh, San Francisco, the criticism was, well, they didn't take any deep shots. Then they took too many deep shots against San Francisco and couldn't connect on them. Then from San Francisco to Dallas, the criticism was they weren't hitting the hitting targets across the middle. So they go to the middle and have really limited success there. Now the talk from Dallas to Kansas city has been, we got to run the ball more. You just kind of hope they don't overcorrect because Nick Sirianni is still a first year play caller. And it does seem like he kind of tends to over adjust. Do you see that? Or am I crazy? I see that, but you know what? Against Kansas City, I think I think they should have done this with the Cowboys a little more too. I think they should run the ball a lot more this week because that way you keep that Kansas. If you're successful the way they are, I mean, Miles Sanders is running for over five yards a carry. You continue to get that type of output from your running backs. You keep you continue to drive and go a little bit longer, and that way you keep that Kansas City offense on the bench. I think that's going to be key. That's another thing that's key that you should do that because. When you look at what the Eagles did against the Cowboys and when they were getting a lot of those three and outs, I think, I think it was like something like in the first half, it was like the Cowboys had the ball for 20 of those 30 minutes. And you can't have your defense out there when one side's not – when your offense isn't converting or staying on the field, it just continually wears on this defense. And this defense isn't the – doesn't have the biggest players on there at all. They're 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 a lighter bunch. They it's like they prioritize speed on that side of the ball. So the longer and longer they stay on the field against a, a punishing run game, it wears them down. So I think even though the Chiefs are more of a quick strike team, I think the Eagles have to save that defense and get them get rested and run the ball a lot more. So I I think if anything, if any week was perfect for an overcorrection, I think this week would be the one that's it. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I, I do think Miles Sanders needs to be the focus of this game plan. I, I think from my perspective, you need to take some heat off of Jalen Hurts. Uh, and by doing so, you'll also help him be more effective as a passer. If you want to run those RPOs, you'll be able to effectively sell them better. Um, three runs isn't going to cut it. He Sirianni knows it. Jalen Hurts knows it. We all know it. So the thought process is, like, Jalen Hurts will benefit. You know, we talk about how, like, teams will only go as far as their quarterbacks go. Well, Jalen Hurts will only go as far as the John Stockton to his Carl Malone will go. And that's the running game, really. (laughs) Um, It's one thing to have a mobile quarterback. It's another thing to have the threat of multiple runners. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're not, if, if they know that you're not really going to run the ball very effectively or consistently, they'll take the occasional, hey, you caught us by surprise for 10 to 15 yards. But if you can threat, threaten them with both the running back and the quarterback, oh, and hey, there's a ton of speed at wide receiver, then that kind of opens things up. And I think what happened against Dallas is Dallas eventually was just like, you know what? They're not running the ball. Uh, they're playing like they're from behind the entire game. Uh, like they went into comeback mode almost immediately uh, after that first series. You know what I mean? Like every play call was like, "Hey, we've got to score here." Like we have, like every drive you want to score, but it was almost like, "Hey, we got to score in a hurry. We got to push the ball." That was kind of just like what it sounded like was the game plan there, and I think that's where they screwed up because I, I agree with you. I think. They need to play a little bit of keep away here. Uh, 
you know, if they're going to have success against the Chiefs. And I think they can have success on the ground against the Chiefs. I I think this game is going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think. I think it's going to be a one-score game. We'll talk about our predictions later. But, I mean, are you, are we on the same page? I th- I think so. I really, truly think so. It, it reminds me, and you brought up a good point when it comes to the, the honoring the uh, – the, the run when it comes to the when it comes to the uh, zone reads is it, is eerily similar to what we saw last year when it came to Wentz and and running backs because a lot of teams after a while Wentz was banged up so what he did he did was he continually gave the ball to the running backs nobody honored when he was trying to run the play fake and it's almost like we're in reverse now where a lot more teams are focusing on Hurts keeping the ball and running as opposed to Sanders or Gainwell take keeping the ball and running themselves it's, it's an eerie. It's, it's, it's an eerie change from what we see year to year, but they you in order for one to be more effective, you got to use the other one, and they really truly have to make sure that Sanders gets feet, is fed a lot this game. And look, I think Kenny Gainwell is a really good change of pace back. I think you've got to use your your a a weapons right, like your the guys that you know work. And so I think Quez Watkins is a guy that really needs to test the secondary. Um, Look, I think Jalen Rager takes a lot more heat than he probably should. Uh, don't get me wrong. There's every reason to question the guy's talent and his upside. But I think, like, from a week-to-week standpoint, he hasn't been, like, a detriment to the team. You could talk about him stepping out of bounds and getting the illegal touching penalty against San Francisco, but, like, stuff like that happens. It's not like he's, like, purposefully, like, doing wrongdoing I guess and I'm not trying to defend him or be an apologist but I do think Quez Watkins has jumped him in the lineup um and look I think Devontae Smith needs to show that he can be more productive at getting open I mean we've talked about his route running uh, you know since May and I think he and Jalen need to get on the same page where are you at with the passing game right now I think the one thing I I really want to see it looks like Smith's still learning. Is he starting to get jammed up a little bit? And at the line of scrimmage, trying to fight off and get some extra separation. I mean, he's a good route runner, and that's why I'm I'm more shocked that the Eagles haven't tried to single him up and try to. And this is where a scheme comes in. Try to, and they've done it. We saw it last week against the Cowboys. We saw the week before against San Francisco, where they'd have four guys on one side and Smith alone, and you just put him one on one. I think that's situations like that. I think that gets him in the rhythm. And I think that helps Hertz and Smith get on the same page where they, you just have, you just have to have Smith make one quick move or a slant like that. And then you pick up five yards. I think, and he seems like a, he's a, a field guy, a guy who has to have the ball in his hands a lot in order to start being more and more productive. And when you see him start to be taken away or he's not able to do that, he doesn't have like one or two catches early. He starts to fade a little bit and you hope that trend changes a little bit. When it comes to the other parts of the passing game, I want to see the tight ends evolve a little bit more. Uh, I, I know you have, I know that the Eagles have used a lot of the eleven personnel, which is the three wide receivers, one tight end look. But I think there's a big opportunity that you can use Goddard and Ertz in the middle of the field, or at least to occupy a lot of teams, and, and at least throw that thing because you it, you could do a little, even just a little pop pass or five yard and a stop. I think that like those high those type of high percentage throws can help Hurts in the long run, and it makes it forces the defense to honor that, and it draws a safety to start having to continue to look to play to play either Ertz or Goddard, and that opens up more stuff on the outside if that's what they choose to do. As for the Rager-Watkins thing, Watkins has looked a lot, and, and give me wrong, like I, I've 
I'm more shocked. Why, I'm shocked by this because I really thought Rager was going to be better in the long term. Watkins, Watkins has come out and is effectively their number two wide receiver, and he's always a threat when he touches the touches the field, not just with his speed. Now, and he's starting to get a little bit better at running those other routes because we all knew he could run those go routes and and those deep posts where he could show off his speed. But now he's starting to get some of those underneath stuff, and and we always knew we saw what he's done with these quick wide receiver screens. So there are pieces there, and I think that's if. You're looking at the Eagles, and you look at, and when they're looking at the tape, you can see the pieces there. You can see what they can do, and you can see what this offense can become. It's a matter of these younger guys getting more comfortable to getting there, and they have to be more, they have to execute at a better level and be more reliable and do it with regularity instead of showing flashes over time. This offense, this passing offense, can be really dynamic, but they just have to use all the pieces in order for it to get there. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's get into Jalen Hurts a little bit more. Um, what's your level, you know, one out of 10, 10 being the highest, one being the lowest. What's your level of confidence in him being able to play in all 17 games this season as a starter? Good question. Because that's a very good question, especially with as many shots as he took when it comes to these side runs. I thought one time I was shocked he got back up after after one of the hits he took. I think it's still about a – I think it's about a, I'm at a seven. And I say that with the caveat of being, if they continue to use these design runs, he has to throw the ball, uh, either throw the ball away a little bit more and some of these uh, longer passes and let him develop. I know he wants to make a play. I, I know he wants to look downfield and, 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 and use those legs and, and try to buy time for his guys. But sometimes he's just, there's nothing open and it looks like inevitable that nothing's open, just throw the ball away. And, I saw when they run speed option, if they're going to run an option play, I wouldn't run a straight speed option like they've done where it's basically it's just the quarterback and a running back running by it like quickly. Hurts gets the snap. He and the running back run that option. That just, to me, that just puts him, exposes him a little bit more to to more of those hits, especially uh, to get teed off. If they're going to do something like that, do like one of the things where you pull a guard or something or or just a different type of look because it just seems like he's getting more and more exposed to these hits and, it won't hurt. It, it won't. Well, it hurts now when he gets hit, but it won't look. It won't affect him immediately. It's when you look at game 10, 11, 12, where you start to see that wear and tear start to finally build on him. It's going to, he has to learn to throw the ball away quicker, or the Eagles have to get more creative when it comes to some of these design runs. I mean, where are you at when it comes to his rating? When he, how long he's going to last 17 games? Yeah. I mean, look, I think, I think. 17 games like people are just like it's one extra game but like I I do think the toll he has taken the first three games and and some of the mishaps he's had in the first three games kind of make you say hmm maybe he won't get the whole year um look I don't think they're gonna bench him for performance unless it's really bad he's gonna have to have like three more of those Dallas games but I do think from a durability standpoint, I am a little concerned. I do think he's taking a lot more hits than I expected him to uh, early on. And so I'm probably at like a seven and a half, eight, uh, as far as his durability and will he start all 17 games. Now, let's get into, I mean, we previewed the Chiefs a little bit. What do the Eagles need to do defensively? To stop, I know this is like a loaded question, but defensively <laughs> to stop Patrick Mahomes, Harry Kill, Travis Kelsey, basically every bell of the ball from an offensive standpoint, all these household names. 
what do they need to do on defense to stop this offense? Wait, you mean they can't make some trades right now, like for like some all pros to help them out? Because that's the only way I see it really slowing this team down. I mean, there's the Chiefs are really tough at all three levels, and when I say all three levels, I see when it comes to when it comes to the screen game and I call it level one, right around the line, the line of scrimmage. When it comes to the second level with Travis Kelsey working against some of those safeties and linebackers, and deep when it comes to Tyreek Hill, they're good at all three of those levels, and. I think what the best thing they can do is just – you have to choose. You have to try to choose. Do you take away Travis Kelsey or you take away Tyreek Hill? And to me, I think you have to take away Tyreek Hill because you don't want the long the long ball. I know the long balls are tougher to connect, but when you have Mahomes and his accuracy and his arm and his ability to do that and he, uh, Hill's speed to catch it, it was just too many points that we put on the board quickly. So it's going to become one of those things where you have to basically have Kelsey work in the middle of that field and – it's going to be a death by a thousand paper cuts. But when it comes to that, they have to – I think the big key is going to be if they keep letting them get gain yards, once they get to the red zone, they have to tighten up. And I think that's going to be their best thing. They're going to have to hold the Chiefs to more field goals as opposed to touchdowns. And that's going to be the best way for them to win this game because the front four – I mean, Javon Hargrave has had a great season so far. He's going to have to attack that outside shoulder of Creed Humphrey, and I think he will be able to do that and, and create some pressure on the inside. I mean – is, is there an APB out for Ryan Kerrigan yet? I mean, it, they need him to at least show something. I know guys contribute in different ways when it comes to run, contain, double teams, block, but he's been singled up a lot of times, and he hasn't been able to get home and, and get those sacks when it's needed. So you need a big game out of him. Josh Sweat's continuing to play well. I have no qualms with him. And Derek Barnett just needs to stop making dumb penalties. And he spoke today with uh, – to be honest, I'm shocked that we, we finally got him. And he spoke today. He's and he said he had to play a lot smarter. Well, how many times have we heard that? He has to actually practice what he's saying. And will he do that? Will he? Uh, it's almost to the point where now you're you're, you're sort of sort of afraid of waking. Like, okay, when's the when is he going to jump off sides and continue to drive on a third and three? He's gotten to that point. You just want to see him play smart football, and he's he admits that, and he needs to do that. So the Eagles have to stop with the penalties. Take away Tyree Kill deep, and then once they once the Chiefs inevitably get in the red zone, hold them tight there and hold them to field goals instead of touchdowns, and that's how they're going to have to make this game close. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I, I if you're going to pick one of the points, I think it's taking Tyree Kill away. But then again, you don't want to be like what happened with Dallas, where they tried to stop the big plays, and then uh, Dak took everything underneath. Um, but I do think there's something to be said about, you know, with the tight end, with kind of – look, they're, I think they're going to have to press. I think their safeties are going to have to press if they can. And, you know, Rodney McLeod returning is going to be helpful against Kelsey, but I just don't know if there's anything that can actually stop Kelsey. It's all about limiting him. I think that's like the approach. Like you're not going to stop Tyree Kill from getting catches. You're just going to stop him from maybe, you know, just taking half the field to himself. Uh, I think the best strategy for this team, like we said, is, you know, you just got to play really well in the red zone. That's easier said than done. Uh, you've got to run the football and play keep away. That's easier said than done. Um and look, they're going to have to take advantage of the home crowd. I mean, it didn't really help against San Francisco, but, you know, the link's going to be popping with Andy Reid returning and 
the Chiefs being uh, the team that they are. The Chiefs haven't lost three three straight games under Andy Reid ever. So, uh, or sorry, under Andy Reid slash Patrick Mahomes. So uh, the Eagles need to beat an angry Chiefs team uh, that that really wants to get back on track. Doesn't look good. Um, what's what's your score prediction for this one? I got the Chiefs twenty seven, Eagles twenty. I think it's one of those games where. It, and I think it's going to be like 20, 20, I think it'll be 27 13 late. And then the Eagles pick up a late touchdown to make things interesting. But I think I, I just see this Chiefs team just really getting out to a quick start. And then the Eagles trying to overcompensate. Well, we hope they overcompensate run the ball, but it's going to be one of those things where they're going to have to throw a lot more than they want to again. And they'll, they'll try to be in a shootout. They just, it is going against a long barrel gun versus a little quick pit, a water shooter at times, it'll seem like. So. It's going to, the score's going to look a lot closer than what it feels like the, the final score is going to be, but I think it's going to be 27-20. How about you? I've got it 31-23. to 23. I, I think the Eagles will start off relatively well, and then I think the Chiefs will ultimately pull away and win this one uh, by a score. Um, but I look, I, I think you're, you're going to be encouraged by some things you see in this game. I think – given the offensive line injuries and given Nick Sirianni's need to adjust the way he calls plays, I, I do think there will be some signs of encouragement in this one as they head into this spooky gauntlet in October. I mean, the Chiefs at home, um, the undefeated Panthers on the road, the uh, Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers on a Thursday night, and then to close out the the four game stretch, uh, the, Vega, the the Raiders in Vegas, uh, who lead the the league in total offense, so not not necessarily the easiest stretch, but if they can make it through with uh, a win or two, um, they'll set themselves up for a much softer schedule in the second half of the season. They play the Lions on Halloween, which is going to be interesting. Uh, I'm kind of bummed that I'm missing out on my kids' time dressing up as Spider-Man. But, you know. Costume choice. That's probably going to be the Eagles' best bet at a really dominant win, an Atlanta-like win. I'm not impressed with the Lions at all. That said, they've been in almost every game they've played in, so that'll be interesting. Let's not look too far ahead. But for Chris, I'm Mike. We will talk to you after the Eagles play the Chiefs, when the Eagles will honor LaShawn McCoy uh, on Sunday.